Set it on fire in the name of Jesus Christ. I will never be the same. You'll never be the same. We'll never be the same in Jesus' holy name. And our church said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Turn it with me, if you will, to 2 Samuel chapter number 9. I promise you I won't keep you very long tonight. God told me to come bring you a short word, and you know what the definition of short is with Kip. So you might be here next week. But I'm going to preach as long as the Lord tells me to preach. When he tells me to hush and you receive it, I'll go home. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you are excited about what God is doing in the church? How many is ready for God to finally break out? I'm really ready for him to break out. Sometimes you get frustrated. Sometimes you get a little upset with folks. And then when folks still will not respond to the Lord, you know, sometimes you have to step back and just take the ones that's receptive. And be ready to move. So smile at that right beside of you and say, are you going to be receptive? If you're receptive, then God is going to use you to do a mighty work here in this church. I wish that you guys could see what I see in the spirit and in the uh, the glory realm and what God is showing us he's going to do here in our church. And it doesn't matter what people are feeling at this point. It doesn't matter what they're going through. I know and I realize and understand that before God breaks out, there is gross darkness that covers everybody. But when God is ready to break out, the darkness can't hold it back. Amen. So God has told me to come tell you tonight something that's very important. And if, if before I read, I want you to understand that God begins to speak to a church and a church body by what is happening in people's lives. And as people go through certain things in their life, God ministers to the church based upon the issues that people are facing in their life. Be it their family and people that are sick, people that they, they lose to death. Whatever it may be, God is always speaking to the church, and he's speaking through the activities that is going on in someone's life. So while I'm reading this tonight, I want you, if you will, to think in your own self exactly tonight uh, how you, uh, what you've been going through right lately and the things that you've been experiencing in your life and how you've been able to handle things and how things are going because God is speaking not only to you, he's speaking to everybody that you're in contact with. Amen. So God wants you to pay attention to what's going on in Betty's life, what's going on in, in Pastor Sissy's life, and in, in, in Janice's, everybody's life that's here. God wants you to be receptive to that because God don't just allow things to happen and then stop. Amen. He wants you to pay attention and receive what God's got for you. So I want you, while we're reading this, I just want you to think about what's been going on in your life. Maybe you've had to change a job. Maybe you, you know, one of your, your loved ones has been sick, they've been in the hospital. Maybe you just went through a marriage divorce. Maybe your husband's sick. Maybe your, your mom and dad is arguing with each other. Maybe the devil has just really showed up in a mighty way and you've really had a tough time right lately. If that's the case, it's for a reason. Amen. Sometimes your vessel is used by the Holy Ghost to speak to somebody else. So I want you to look at that person right beside him and say, have you been listening? To my message. my message. Most people don't. They just think that, hey, something's happening with Lib, you know, and in the family, or we got to go comfort Nana, we got to go comfort Mama, we got to be there with her and all this stuff. But God is literally speaking through the issues that are going on in Lib's life and everybody else's life. And God wants his church to have an attentive ear. So tonight he wants us to open up our ears so that we can receive. Amen. In Second Samuel chapter number nine, the word says, and David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? 
And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan have yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Well, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Malchir, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Everybody say Lodabar. Lodabar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. And when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. Everybody say restore. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Everybody say the king's table. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called Ziba Saul's servant and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou, therefore, and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits, and thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants, 35 servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thou servant do. As for Mephibosheth, saith the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Mm -hmm. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all that, and, and all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem. Everybody say Jerusalem. For he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both of his feet. Father, bless the reading of your word tonight. Let it minister to the ones that need to hear this. For I give you the praise and the glory for it all in Jesus' precious holy name. And the church said amen. amen. Now in mine and Tina's life right lately for the first part of this year, we have been busy moving. We have been busy packing up stuff and getting rid of stuff and throwing away the junk stuff that's in the house. We've been packing up stuff we want to keep and giving away things that we don't want to keep, throwing away stuff that ain't no good. And now I believe all the way since March, we have been packing up stuff and moving. And when God brings someone into that situation, God speaks through those situations. Now, only on top of that, not only have we moved from one house to two houses, now we're fixing to move from another house, two houses, back to one house. So look at somebody right beside him and say, pack your bags. You got to move. Tell them nothing to say, you got to pack your bags because you got to move. So God has been telling you that you are about to move. And not only is it that you got to move, God is coming to get you to make you move. Someone shout out amen. 
Let me tell you a little something about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son. Before I go that far, you need to understand that David and Jonathan had a blood covenant. They were brother-in-laws, and they had a blood covenant, and they were covenant blood brothers. And they literally made a covenant with each other that they would look out for each other and make sure that Saul didn't kill David and that nobody would kill Jonathan. So we had a covenant in place. Everybody say a covenant. So as the church is, we have a covenant in place. A covenant in the power of Almighty God is one of the most powerful things that you will ever have in this earth. The covenant will put God into a position that he has to perform when he don't have to perform for no one else. If God's got a covenant with you and you got a covenant with God, God always honors that covenant whether you do or you don't. Amen. So God has a covenant with Living Water Worship Center. He has a covenant all the way back to where it was actually formed. And it was called, at that point in time, a Friday night meeting. And now God is bringing things 360 degrees turn, 180 degrees turn, back to 360 degree turn. Where he's opened it back up on Friday night. And God is doing something because it's time for us to pack up our bags because we got to move. God is saying it's time for this church to move. But Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son. And as Saul, as you know, God refused Saul. And there was a war going on between Saul and David. And David finally wound up winning the war. And David began to be the king. And what happened in that is on the last day of the raid, of, of the raid that was going on, the nurse went and grabbed little Mephibosheth of five years old and carrying him on her hip, she went down the, the stairs and as she came down the steps, she slipped and dropped him. And when he fell, there was so much chaos going on that when he fell, he fell in such a way that it made him lame in both of his feet. It broke both of his ankles. And there was no doctor around in the commotion of the war to come in and to set those bones again. So from that point on in his life, he went on and he walked around on his knees. He didn't go around nowhere else. He didn't walk on his feet. He walked on his knees and he was lame in his feet. And because he was lame in his feet, if Saul's kingdom would still have been, he would have never been able to reign as a king. Even though he was in the lineage of the king, the grandson of the king, he would have never been able to serve in the king because he was disformed in his body in some kind of way. And now we pick up the text and it's 15 to 20 years later. I want to say, some say 15, some say 20. I believe it's 20 years later. So here we have Mephibosheth 25 years down the road and he begins to see that God has brought him up. So there's a lot of things that has happened now from the time he's 5 years old to the time that he's 20 years old. David has come and taken the throne and things have changed. All of the sons of Saul have been killed by the military and there is none of his sons that is left. And they are after Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth to find himself some safety to find himself some security, to find himself some peace, he removes out of the city of Jerusalem and he goes down to Lodabar and there in Lodabar he is hiding out, trying his best to keep from being killed. This word is for some of y'all tonight that when you got into the situation in your life in the heat of the battle and you had to run, some of you left the city of peace called Jerusalem and you wound up in Lodabar and you were there in that situation. But not only that, it is also talking to some of you people that in your life, somewhere down the road, somebody dropped you 
And when they dropped you, they caused so much pain and they caused so much agony that it has lasted forever in your life. It has produced an injury that was so severe in your life that has caused a lasting damage on the inside of you and you cannot seem to get over what happened to you in the past and God is wanting to minister to that tonight. Are you ready to receive from the Lord? Say amen. There are many people, Pastor Sissy, in the church right now that are crippled emotionally. There are a whole lot of people in the church that are crippled spiritually. There's a lot of people not only crippled in their physical avenue, they have some severe damage in their life. And because of that severe damage in their life, they cannot function the way they need to function. They have been living in life malfunctioning. They have been living in life battered. They have been living in life maimed and mangled. And they have been living in life mutilated and they can't seem to reach the level in life to where they can become all that God wants them to be and they have run out and they went out and they don't think that they're of any significance. They don't think that they can do anything to change anything. They pretty much almost threw up their hands and say I'm just willing to receive life as it comes to me on a daily basis and I will not do anything to challenge you. This is the way life is and it's the way it's going to be forever. Amen. God wants to talk to you tonight. Amen. God loves you just the same way he loves you before that person dropped you. Amen. Somebody in your life dropped you and caused so much emotional pain that you've never overed that relationship and you are literally running your life being controlled by the pain that that relationship caused you in your life. Your mama dropped you in your life somehow or another. She hurt you so bad that you have never reached up to the point to where you have came to a level that God could use you in a mighty way. You have done something in your life to where you feel like that everybody dropped you and they walked away from you and now you've become isolated. You've walked away from things. You don't think that God has anything for you. But my God has said in this new era, he said the ones I'm going to go get is the ones that have been dropped by others in their life and they got so much pain right now living in a mangled up life and God said I'm going to move in this last move and I'm moving upon them because the work that it's going to be done in this last hour. No man's going to get the glory of it. If you're intellectual and you're you're taught and you're educated, God said, I'm going to pass over you because I'm going to Lodabar to come and get you out of Lodabar and bring you back to where I placed you at in your position to begin with. Look at somebody and say, I'm coming back in the name of Jesus. It's time for us to pack up our bags because simply it ain't that you want to move. It is you got to move. God said it's time for you to pack up them bags, get your luggage packages out, get your bags packed up because God is coming after you. I want you to look at that right beside of you and say an angel standing there right now ready to move you. He has sent the very moving team from heaven itself. They have the rider trucks from heaven ready to pack up your stuff. He's coming to get you. He's carrying you out of load of are, and he's bringing you back to the city of peace. He's bringing you back to the palace. He's bringing you back to the king's table. He's going to begin to give service working for you and they're going to put you out in the place to where you are literally took care of for the rest of your life. you got a blessing waiting for you that you cannot even have the space to receive but you got to pack up your bags so you can get ready to move. Smile at somebody and say pack your bags up now. you got to move tonight. Amen. 
so many people in life is wound up in Lodabar. And I want to talk to those people in Lodabar. You need to understand what I'm talking about. The word Lodabar means no pasture. It literally means no word. It means no thing. It means no communication. It means no arrangement. No order. It means no peace. It means nothing. It means a place of nothingness. It literally means no sanctuary. When you're in Lodabar, you do not hear the word of God. When you're in Lodabar, you cannot live in your life with any peace whatsoever. When you in Lodabar, you do not have any order in your life. Everything is in chaos. Everything is going crazy. When you are living in Lodabar, you cannot get anything in your spiritual life, in your physical life, arranged in order. You are considered as a person that literally has lost your mind and you will never amount to anything. And you began to believe that because you can't get your life together, that God can't use you. But God has told me to come tell you tonight, He's the one that can get your life straightened back out. And He's leaving Jerusalem. And He's coming to get you. And He's going to bring you out of Lodabar. Amen. The word Lodabar means the place of Nothingville. This is the king's son that is in the place of Nothingville. He is the king's son sitting there in a place of nothing. So many of us in life has accepted a place of nothing. We need the power of the Holy Ghost moving in our life. We can have the power of the Holy Ghost moving in our life. We can have the healing power of God moving in this church. We can see miracle after miracle. We can see deliverance after deliverance. But God said for me to come tell you one of the reasons why we haven't received is our bags are not packed and he's ready to get us up and bring us out of Lodabar and set us down at the king table and feed us right in the middle in the presence of our enemy and treat us like we're a king's child and make us live the life of royalty that we're supposed to live but you can't be there and living there in Lodabar and not hearing the word of almighty God he said, while you in Lodabar, you don't hear the word of God. You don't have any communication. You don't have any arrangement. Nothing is in order in your life. You never have any peace in your life. You pray to the Lord. You ask the Lord to give you peace, and you never seem to see any peace. It means you never have any sanctuary in your life. The word Lodabar was a term that was thrown onto this city because it was a ghetto, and God is not the daddy of ghetto children. He is the God of royal children that is stronger than any devil that there is out there and against you and you are more than an overcomer you are more than a conqueror you can whip the devil with the power of the Holy Ghost and God don't want you to continually live in nothingville God wants you to move out of nothingville pack your bags and let's go to the palace how many is ready tonight to go to the palace turn to somebody here not push them and say God knows your address God knows exactly where you at. He knows exactly where you at. He knows your address. He sent you a certified message here tonight to tell you I know exactly where you live at, Mary. I know exactly where you live at, Tanya. I know exactly where you're at, Brianna. Don't you ever consider in your life that I don't know where you at and I got the power to send after you and when I'm ready to send after you, I'll enter in to that ghetto that you've been living in in your life and I'll pull you out of that mess and I'll raise you back up and I'll bring you in the presence of the king and when I bring you in the presence of the king I'll make sure that you dwell the rest of your life in the palace of the king with service taking care of you forever we need to release the spiritual aspect of this and put the angels that God has assigned us on the very aspect of getting to work for us and bring about the glory that God's got for us in our life someone shout out amen yeah. many are coming out of Lodabar the Holy Ghost says 
He told me, he said, many are coming out of Lodabar. So I want to tell this church to get ready. Get ready for the people that you never thought would ever be anything. Get ready for the drugs that's out there that literally is killing themselves. Get ready for the people that's sucking up cocaine up their heads every day. Get ready for the people that's hooked on drugs and methamphetamine. Get ready for the people that are involved in sex traffic to start coming to Living Water Worship Center because God says, I'm going to get people out of Lodabar. Everybody holler out and say, they're coming out of Lodabar. They're coming out of Lodabar because God has went and got them and he's bringing them. For everything that you've been in your life, every wilderness you've been in in your life, God said I'm coming to get people out of the wilderness. Everybody that's isolated themselves, they've been living in desolation. They've been living out in the desert and they've been lacking the word of God. He said the word of God is being released right now and the rhema word of God has come through the open window up in heaven and it's began to flow through my church and when it flows through my church it will go into Lodabar and in a the Mephibosheth out of Lodabar and bring them into the palace and set them up that they can be a king's child and live the life of royalty. Somebody shout out amen. Radical transformations are about to take place. Things are transforming. Look at that right beside me and say things are going to change for me. You will no longer lack any good thing from God anymore. You will no longer in your life be desolate anymore. And you will not in your life ever be barren again. Because God said, I'm visiting your Lodabar tonight. Everybody say, he's here tonight. God is declaring his word over you. He's calling you out into a race of abundance. And he's getting you ready to the point to where now you can live your life abundantly and above all that you've ever asked or you ever say. God said, I've already paved the way. I've opened up the windows of heaven. I've poured out my spirit. I've set the place ready for you. But you got to pack your bags because you got to move. Smile at somebody say, you got to move. You see, Lodabar is a place of not having what you need. How many of you know how that feels? You don't have what you need. Lodabar was a town of forgotten people. How many of you feel like sometimes people forgot all about you? Lodabar was a place of the lost. Lodabar was the place of the unskilled and the uneducated, the outcast of society. But God said, the outcast of society is exactly who I want. I want the people that are divorced. I want the people whose family just tore all to pieces. I want the people who's killed somebody. I want the people that is coming out of prison because I don't want them to live a life of an outcast. They're just as valuable in my eyes as someone that's never ever done anything like that. And he said, in this last day, I'm going to use them. Get ready, I'm going to load a bar and I've sent my angel and I'm bringing them out of the mess. Get ready to minister to them because there are people right now packing their bags because they know they got to move. Look at somebody say, you got to move tonight. Now I want you to notice something though, as I continue to minister. Mephibosheth was in load a bar not by his own fault. Most people that are living in life not hearing the word of God an outcast of society, hurt, maimed, and mangled up in despair, destroyed with no peace, no order in their life, don't seem like they can get their life together, they're not in Lodabar for anything they've done to themselves. Somebody dropped them in their life. They didn't have a daddy. They didn't have a mama. They didn't have a friend. 
They thought they had him a wife and she dropped him. They thought they had her, or she thought that she had her husband and he dropped her. And when that happened, it destroyed them on the inside. And by no fault of their own, they have wound up in Lodabar. It was not Mephibosheth's fault that his father died. It was not Mephibosheth's fault that his nurse dropped him. And it was not his fault that no doctor was around to set his feet back in place so that he could live a normal life. It was not Mephibosheth's fault that he wound up in Lodabar. And if you're in Lodabar tonight, I want you to know, everybody look at me, it is not your fault that you're there. It was done by the devil in your life. And it was because something caused you to be dropped in your life. And God here says, fear not, I've never dropped you. I'll go where you're at and I'll pull you out of it because I'm ready to bring you into the temple of peace in Jerusalem. And I will use you in the last day and I will put service working for you and you will have everything that is supposed to have been yours. It don't matter how maimed you are. Amen. I don't care how many people lost their mama. I don't care how many of you lost your daddy, your granddaddy, your grandma, your husband, your wife. I don't care how much pain has been caused by life itself. God has told me to come to live in water tonight and to tell you to pack up your bags because you got to move and you got to move right now. Amen. You're moving from Nothingville to Jerusalem. You need to be shouting here tonight. Smile at somebody say, I'm going to the palace. Oh my gracious, you're coming out of Nothingville. You've lived in life where you didn't have no money. You didn't have no power. You didn't have nothing from the Lord. It didn't seem like God was showing up. It seemed like that every time you started getting better, things got worse. You were sitting there maimed and mangled and literally didn't have any peace. And you seem like you're right by yourself all the time. You're isolated and you're lonely. But my God has told me to come tell you tonight, if you will pack up your bags, I'll come and I'll get you. Charlie, somebody say, pack up your bags. Oh my God, I wish I could get you to see this tonight. Look at somebody and say, pack up your bags now because God's coming to get you. Amen. When David set up his throne, he set up his throne in Hebron. And the word Hebron means I put him in league and confederacy and in an alliance with you. In other words, God made a covenant with David and David had a covenant with Jonathan. And because David had a covenant with Jonathan, he had a covenant with Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth had been broken down and beaten and busted and disgusted so bad. When they come to get him, they thought he thought that when God was coming to get him or the king was coming to get him, that the king was coming to get him to kill him. I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be things in your life when you began to move it's a fearful thing when you began to move. How many of you love to move? Anybody here just love to move? Anybody been through it that you just want to shout because God let you move? Not a single person here tonight wants to shout because you got to move. I'm going to tell you what, that was the hardest thing I think I've ever done in my life. It like to literally kill me. I lost my, my temper. I lost myself. I began to I, I get walk out in a shirt and I had to change shirts about every two minutes. It was horrible out there. I was out there in a bacon oven and I was just saying to myself, Lord, I got to get this thing over with. I can't handle this no more. And I want to tell you, there are people in their life right now, they are living in that situation in Lodabar. It's so hot on them that they live they can't stand it and I want you to know God wants to grab some of those people because they've learned how to survive in Lodabar because these here little penny ante Christians that when things ain't going right they go to running if you can get a hold of some of these people from Lodabar and put them in the church the devil would have to turn the heat up to make them run but God said I want to get my church out of Lodabar and bring them to the palace I want to know how many of you ready to move tonight amen smile at somebody and say I'm ready to move Mephibosheth couldn't be king. Mephibosheth could not walk like me and you. 
all of his life, he got through life on his knees. Where he went, he went to walking on his knees. Lib, how would you like to walk from your house to the grocery store on your knees? How many of you think you can walk on your knees like this everywhere you went? You see a person that's coming out of Lodabar in the church is one that's going to fall down on their knees and they're going to start walking where they need to go. You need to pack your bags up even because you can't walk. You need to walk on your knees and begin to pack your bags. Somebody gets happy by the power of Almighty God and say, I'm on my knees. I'm getting ready to pack. Somebody say, I'm getting ready to pack. I'm packing up my bags. I'm packing up my bag because the king is coming to get me. I might not be able to do a whole lot, but I can get around. I can't run like nobody else, but I can sure get from one place to the other. It might take a whole lot more effort for me to get ready and get things done, but I'm going to be on my knees and I know if I stay on my knees, I can learn how to stand. If I stay on my knees, I can have the power of Almighty God. If I stay on my knees, the king is going to send his angel to come and get me and pull me up and set me behind the palace table and feed me like a king. Someone say amen. Look at that right beside me and say, it don't matter what you look like. No matter what's wrong with you. It don't matter what you went through. Because although you get around on your knees, when you sit down at the table, you look just like everybody else. Smile at somebody say you look just like everybody else. You can hide your feet. You can hide that thing that's maimed up in your life when you sit down behind the king's table. When God puts you behind the king's table, the devil can't tell you, hey, you crippled anymore. He can't tell you, you crippled in your mind anymore. He can't tell you, you crippled in your emotions anymore. He can't tell you that you crippled in your life anymore. Because when God sits you behind the king's table, they can't tell no difference. You look just like everybody else looks like, and you're on the equal level as everybody else. You got just as much power, just as much team, just as much tithing, such as much talent, just as much skill as anybody else does. Because God has set you behind the king's table. He brought you out of Lodabar. And now he's ready to use you in the king's council. And make things happen in your life. And change this world. Because you're sitting behind the king's table. Somebody got to give God some glory tonight. Amen. Smile at somebody say, I'm sitting behind the table. You see, you can cross your legs behind the table. And nobody knows your foot's turned the other way. You can sit up there at the king's table and you can eat and nobody knows that you got something wrong with your feet. Nobody's paying attention to your feet when you're behind the table. When you're out there trying to do something in Lodabar, everybody said, look at that man's feet. Look at that woman's feet. Look at how crazy that woman is over there. She let that man run his her life. She got messed up with that man, and now she can't overcome him, and she give herself away to anybody. But when God sets you behind the king's table, you look just like any other woman. I don't care what hell is said to you, what the devil's tried to make you believe. My God said, I want somebody from Lodabar to sit behind the table so I can use them in my council. I I want to know, are y'all ready to receive what God has for you tonight? Smile at that person right beside you and say, pack up your bags because you got to move. Now, if I'm sitting outside the table, you can tell my feet is all crossed all up. And your attention can be all on my feet. I'm sitting right here in front of y'all right now and y'all can tell I got some weight right here. 
But if God moves me and sets me behind the table and I put something in front of you that you can't see, it's kind of hard for you to see that I got something right here. God is wanting to set Living Water Worship Center behind the king's table and he wants to take care of the battle. And he said, I will give you, just like I did in Mephibosheth, I'll give you everything that was your daddy's and I'll give it to you although hell tried to take it away from you. Everything that is supposed to be yours, the King Jesus himself is ready to give it back to you right now and set you behind the table. But you've got to pack your bags. Because you got to move. Push that person right beside and say, are you going to move? How much longer are you going to sit there and load a bar? Worried about what he done to you. Worried about how he dropped you. Worried about how she dropped you. Worried about how that pastor dropped you. Worried about how that person didn't acknowledge you. Worried about how that their child dropped you. How that child treated your name and dishonored you. How much longer are you going to sit there in Lodabar and be broken, busted, and disgusted, beaten up, and maimed, and literally have no peace and have no order and have no sanctuary in your life? God said, I am looking for somebody in the house that I can show some kindness to. I'm ready to bring them into the house. And you have got to the point to where we feel like we a dead dog but God said no you ain't no dead dog turn that word around you are a God under the God of almighty God and God is ready to use you in a mighty way but he wants to set you behind the king's table so nobody can tell what's wrong with you amen you know what happened in the church right now is everybody has attention on everything that's wrong with everybody else and God is wanting to take our attention off of what everybody else is looking at. So I want to give you a word tonight. There's somebody here tonight. Today you have tried every avenue you possibly can. To get into the worship service. And you just can't do it. Something has happened. In the last two or three days. That has literally zapped your zeal. And your joy completely away from you. And God has told me to come and tell you tonight. That he has the angel already set at your bedside. And the angel has already began to move. And he is ready to move. But you got to wake up. You have got to get ready. And you got to follow the angel. Slap that beside him and say follow the angel. He said, I will lead you through every avenue that there's an issue with. I'll send you past the guards. I'll send you out into the city gate that locked you up. He said, I'm going to line you up under the gate of Almighty God. And the king is going to pour out a blessing on you like you ain't never received before. And from this point on, your life is going to be a comeback. Everybody said you would never come back. But God said you're going to come back. I'm here to tell you tonight. Every one of you here tonight. I'm not just talking to one. God said you are the comeback kid. And it's time for us to come back and rise under the power of God and move tonight. So look at somebody beside me and say, when are you going to pack them bags? Look at my cousin back there, Tim, and say, Tim, when are you going to pack them bags? You got to move, Trev. You got to move. You ain't going to get done what you want done right where you're standing at. You are not going to fulfill what God has for you in your life camped out on that pew out there. You got to move. You got to pack up your bags. 
Now, I'm going to tell you, when you go to packing, you will understand quickly, I ain't lugging a bunch of this junk that I've got in my house. I've accumulated a whole lot of junk over the years, and I definitely ain't carrying all this junk out. I don't need this any longer. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I don't need this any longer. And you throw that mess away, and you send it in the trash can, and you let the trash truck come pick it up and carry it to the landfill where you never have to be reminded of it anymore. God's saying, pack up your bag. Get rid of them things that I don't want you to use in your life anymore. I don't want nothing clinging to you that's not connected to you in the right place. God has wanted to care of and you to get rid of it. He wants your junk drawers cleaned out. He wants your junk room cleaned out. He wants your bathroom cleaned up. He wants your house in order. He wants your carpet clean. He wants your floor looking good. He wants your walls looking good. God said, I'm ready to repair my church. I'm ready to put them back together. I'm ready to give them a brand new paint job and give them a free remodel all the way through. But they got to be ready to move and pack up and get rid of some of this junk so I can bring them into the palace how many of you here tonight if you had the opportunity to live in the king's palace you wouldn't have a second thought about it you get yourself ready and you go to live in the king's palace have everything you want have a gold mercedes going around when you needed somebody to run you some bath water all you had to do is let somebody know i want some bath water run you wanted a steak all you'd have to say is cook me a steak Anything you wanted, you could have it in the king's house. You see, when you're in the king's presence, you are given the authority of the king itself. And when the king said something or another, it was fulfilled. I don't care how many people filed against it. It was done. And when you are in the palace with the king, you got the power and the authority to decree a thing, and it shall be done unto you. And you got the power to command the works of God's hands himself and make them get in alignment in your life. And God is ready to use you you in this hour but you got to pack up your bags called Betty got to move now when me and Tina started packing our bags we realized that we were going to have to have some help smile at that right beside him say I need some help say it again say I need some help I can't go through all this stuff by myself as Tina says, I ain't good at packing. She said, I'll let Kip pack it up in the box because I don't know how to do that. That was her excuse for me to do the work. <laughs> but you need some help when you get ready to move. Because when you start going through things that mean something to you, it's hard to give them away. Shortly after Tom died, I was standing here in the church and Lib come and brought me three suits that was Tom's and gave them to me. And I know when she gave them to me that it was hard for her to give them to me. But she loved me enough to give them to me because she bought them for Tom so they could be worn behind the pulpit when he preaches. And she wanted them behind the pulpit and the purpose that she had. Now, it's not Tom that's going to preach in them, but she gave them to me. It was hard for her to give them away. But God is going to use them things to bless people. And I believe there's an anointing on them. They're suits. And I'm going to wear them when God tells me to wear them. And I believe that God's going to use them. Because when you start getting rid of stuff, sometimes it's hard to get rid of stuff that you really care about. But God said when you pack up bags, you've got to throw some stuff away. How many of you right now can pack up your house and not throw a thing away? How many of you got sweaters you ain't never wore before in your closet? How many of you got coats you ain't never wore before? Hats you ain't never wore? Stockings you ain't never wore before? Clothes that's out of style? Shoes that you can't even put on your feet anymore? 
shoes and they're with broken heels and you still love them so much because somebody gave you them. Oh, Jesus. My mama taught me, and I'm going to say this in my clothes, my mama taught me that if somebody gave you something, even if you didn't like That's it, right. even if you would never use it, you did not give it away. You did not re-gift it. You kept it. And it took me a long time in my life to let go of some things that people gave me because when somebody gives something to me, I think that it's part of them that they're giving me. Whether it's something, I'm going to tell you what, uh, Aunt Linda gave me a, a jacket one time and I couldn't wear that jacket. It was green. Can you picture me in green? I mean, she loves green. I couldn't wear it at the time. I gained a little bit of weight. It was probably two years later. And finally one day I was getting ready to come to church. And I saw that green jacket. And I had absolutely nothing that it would match. So I put myself on with a green jacket, a white shirt. I believe it was kind of a, a, a hunter blue tie. And kind of a gray suit with brown shoes. And I come walking in the church with that green jacket on. Nobody commented about how I looked that day. I'm sure they wanted to. But Aunt Linda walked up to me and she said, you look so good in that jacket. And I thought to myself, maybe she ain't lying. But I wouldn't give that jacket away to nobody because Aunt Linda gave it to me. God has got to deal with you on things like that. Because there are things in your life that you have held on to that is controlling you. And until you get rid of them, God can't heal you. There are things that has happened in your life. People dropped you. People left you. People talked about you. People hurt you so bad that it has caused lasting damage for the rest of your life. And you are living your life daily dealing with that pain. And the longer you hold up on to that pain, God cannot get you out of Lodabar. But the minute you start packing up your bags, you'll get rid of that stuff that you don't want to carry. I'm going to tell you what. It took us two trucks, two 26-foot trucks to move. And if we, now listen to this. And we paid for them two trucks for them to move. Well, Tina paid for them. I hadn't paid for them. She paid for them two trucks to move us. Cost $1,000 or more to move us in, that, in, in, in them two trucks for one hour away. But if we would have took everything that we sold, gave away, got rid of, threw in the trash, burnt, whatever it was, if we'd have took everything, we'd have needed a fleet of rider trucks. I packed up stuff, Aunt Janice, from March to July, June, or the end of June, before we ever moved. I worked on clearing out one building for four years. Sometimes it takes some time to pack up your bags. There were things in that building that were not mine and I didn't know what to do with them. There were things in there I had no earthly idea what they were. I flipped up that garage door the first day and I looked and on the back wall I counted 37 electric drills hanging on the wall. I thought to myself, what in the world would any man need 37 electric drills for? And that won't all. There was many more of them around in the place. When I went upstairs, there was 114, when you add all of them together, power equipment to use on the outside. 114 upstairs. 
Why in the world does any man need 114 lawn equipment machines to cut their grass and trim their grass up? I didn't know what to do with them. They won't mind. You see, sometimes in your life, you get involved with people that literally have some things like that there that they carried into the life, and now you got to deal with the stuff they moved in on you with. Now, I'm not slinging words against Tina's ex-husband, though. That's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to share with you that God is sharing with you that there are people that has moved in your life that left a whole lot of junk in your life, and you got to get rid of that stuff sometime down the road. And most of the time, when you got to pack it up, it really ain't your decision whether you need to throw it away or not because it really don't mean nothing to you anyway other than the fact that it means something to somebody that loved or thought something of the person that was in there. But it will slow you down. It will keep you from coming out of Lodabar and it will pull you out from behind the king's table so that the devil can destroy you. So get rid of the stuff. Pack it up. Smile at that right beside me and say, now when are you going to pack them bags? Now turn around to somebody else and say, when can I help you pack them bags? Well, I ain't wanting Tanya going through all my private stuff. I ain't wanting Betty over here find all this stuff in my life and all this stuff I've been hiding so she can run back and she can tell Sissy everything she looked at. Ask him again and say, when can I help you pack? Because sometimes when you come across something to them and you know you got to get rid of it, so it's hard to get rid of it. And you need somebody to be there with you that you can trust, that can hold you by the hand and hold you by the head and say, darling, it's going to be all right. You got to get somebody live on the path with you to help you through the situation sometime because it won't easy for Tina to get rid of the things that he thought something other of because she thought something other of him. It won't easy. And I sat back for many of them. They say, Lord, I just wish the Lord she'd give me the okay to get rid of it. <laughs> Finally, when she made up her mind she'd get rid of it, she was throwing stuff all over the place. I said, oh, you don't need to throw that away. And she was throwing stuff everywhere. <laughs> You see, when you make up your mind, you're going to pack up, you'll get rid of some mess. That's right. Amen. Amen. I won't live in Water Worship Center pack their bags up. Smile at someone say, pack up your bags. You got to move. I'm glad you come to church tonight. Everybody turn around and look at Tanya. Say, Tanya, when can I help you move? Tell Trevor over here, say, Trevor, when can I help you move? Tell Betty over here, say, Betty, when can I help you move? Look at Tim back, y'all, say, Tim, when can I help you move? You see, we've got to get so close in the Spirit of the Lord in unity on one purpose, ready to go, so we know we've got one task to go for, that we will do anything we possibly can to help one another and keep our mouth shut about what's wrong with somebody else. God is ready to jerk us out of Lodabar, but we got to come together and help each other pack our bags so we can get the move done. Amen. Yes. Smile at someone say amen. Amen. All right. Now I'm done. But the Lord wants Janice to come say something, so come on. 